Praise God and welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Before we get into the word today, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, most awesome and wonderful Lord, we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord God. And I just want to thank you, Lord, for this ability to gather together to partake in your word. Lord God, I ask that you would prepare the hearts and the minds and the spirits of every single listener, Lord God, to receive these words that are coming and let them get sunken deep within our spirits so that they can come bubbling up, Lord God, anytime, anytime that we need them or anytime that the enemy raises his ugly head. We praise you, Lord God. We give you all the glory and the praise and the thanks, Lord God. And again, thank you for this ability to gather together to hear your word. These things I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. Uh, welcome again to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. And if you uh, don't have your Bible with you, why don't you go ahead and pause this message and get your Bible, maybe something to write with, a highlighter or something like that to highlight things as we as we go through. And then come on back and resume this message because it's always important that anytime when it comes down to the things of God, that it can be backed up by scripture. So having your Bible during this message will help you to see the things that we're talking about today. So why don't we go ahead and dive right into scripture here and we're going to start in the book of Ecclesiastes. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter three and we're going to start in verse number one. Ecclesiastes three, verse number one to everything. There is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Today, I want to talk about the subject of changing seasons, okay? Changing seasons, seasons. And as we look at these scriptures here, we see that there are various seasons that happen within our lives. And just like weather and how weather lets us know when there's going to be a change in the season, that can also happen in our lives as well. Sometimes the change is gradual. Sometimes the change just happens just like that and, and, and it's instant. Sometimes we can know when it's coming and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we can prepare for it and sometimes we can't prepare for it. But each season brings weather that we enjoy. And after a while, we are ready for a different weather pattern. We've had uh, some rain here in the Pacific Northwest. And even um, recently, as of uh, last month, I believe it was, we had some snow that we normally don't get. And we, we thought we were done with snow. And the next thing you know, the snow started coming back. And, and there were times in the forecast, there was no snow in the forecast. But then it would wake up and there's snow. And the kids had delayed going to school or they had days off because it was just too icy in the, in the area. And every season that we're in, we, we, we look at it and we say, yes, I like this weather, but at some point we just say, I'm tired of the weather. I want something different. I'm, I might like the heat, but after a while, I'm ready for some cooler weather. I might like the snow and the cold, but after a while, I'm ready for some, some warm weather. So each season brings some things that we enjoy, and sometimes we're just ready for, we're, we're ready for a change. 
Or maybe there's a certain season uh, during the time of the year that brings up a holiday, which we get to get together with family and, and, and celebrate. And that's something that we can look forward to. And, and maybe that family gathering is marked by uh, a seasonal change. So maybe around winter time, you, you know, once winter starts, starts to hit, you're only a few days away from Christmas and, and, and the weather starts to drop during that time. So you know that, okay, we're getting ready to get into winter weather, but it brings up joyous times of being able to gather for Christmas or, or gathering for Thanksgiving before that, even though Thanksgiving is in the, in, in the fall. Well, just like there's physical changes or seasonal changes in terms of the weather there's also spiritual changes there's also spiritual seasons that happen in our lives just like physical seasons and we often look forward to the next one but sometimes when we're in the middle of our uh, uh season our spiritual season we want the the next season to come bad to to, to come so so badly because whatever it is we, we have going on we're just tired of it and we're we're ready for a change that we don't often take a moment to just be in the moment in that season. We want it to change, but we don't stop and reflect what the current season is actually doing for us. We have these seasons can last various amounts of time. They don't always change according to a pattern. You can be in the same season for a few years, a few days, a few months, a few hours. However, God decides to move. That's how long your season season will be. But we have to be able to just reflect and think about what is it that this season is doing to me and doing for me? Okay. These scriptures that we see here show us that in every season, there are both events that we will enjoy and events that we will not enjoy. Okay. Life is full of all sorts of ups and downs. When we became saved, it didn't, it, we, we didn't give up um, having trials and tribulations. And, and, and if you've listened to, to these messages before, you, you've probably heard me say that, say that a lot, that, that Jesus said we will have trials and tribulations. So life is about ups and downs. There's going to be some trials and there's going to be some tribulations. There's going to be time when, when everything seems to be working out so well. And there's times when it feels like you just got a lot, a lot going on. That's just part of life. And we can see it in these, in these scriptures, uh, in these scriptures here. We often forget in the most challenging times, however, to focus on God and know that this too will pass and that good things are coming. Matter of fact, if we pay attention to the season that we're in, we'll see that there are good things around us. Being here in the Pacific Northwest here, here in Oregon, it rains literally probably about eight to nine months out of the year. And if you're not used to that and if you don't know how to cope with that and how to deal with that, you can look outside and say, oh my gosh, it's another gray and gloomy day. I wish I can just go outside and maybe you maybe and, and maybe you have some rain gear and you might do some things out in the rain or maybe you're just like, no, nah, I'm not going to deal with the rain today. It's just a little bit too much. I can't deal with it. And you and you see all this rain and you're just tired of it. But once you take a trip out to the coast and you see the beautiful scenery and you see the beautiful green and and, and, and you see how God constructed nature just driving out to to to, um, to Western Oregon, going out to the to the coast there. You can see exactly why this particular state has to have so much rain. Without this rain, the state wouldn't be as beautiful as it is. And you look at any state, the weather patterns there, there's a reason why those weather patterns are needed in that particular location. And all of it has to do with how God designed it, how, 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 how God has created nature and, and what nature needs to thrive. God knows those things. And so he allows those weather patterns to be that way for his purposes. But if we just take a moment and just reflect and look at it and take a moment to enjoy the season, we can see exactly how beautiful it is.
Now, seasons take some time and they, they move according to God's timing. And these scriptures should also remind us of what Jesus said and in, in part of what Jesus said in Acts 1 verse 7. And that's it's you. It's not to for you to know the times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. OK, so Jesus told us that we don't know when God is going to change things. We don't know why it's not for us to know those things. He had put that he has put those things under his own authority. Continuing on in Ecclesiastes here, verse number nine, what profit has has the worker from that which he labors? I have seen the God given task which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. So God has given us each and every single one of us a specific God given task on this earth to use our specific skills and our specific abilities and our God given talents to accomplish something that he wants us to accomplish. The unbeliever may not understand this. But one thing you will hear from unbelievers and both believers and unbelievers is that there's a bigger purpose to what I do. There's a, a, a bigger calling to, to, to what I'm actually doing. This is bigger than me. You hear it oftentimes with athletes where athletes will say this is bigger than me. And sometimes they may be talking about it's bigger than them because there's a, they're in a team sport or it's about an organization. Sometimes it's even about an entire city. And what and what that particular sport does to bring the city together and to bring fans together and to give people to give fans hope, believe it or not, um, um, fans find hope with things that happen on happen in sports. All right. In the workplace, it's it's bigger than me. It's about the team and it's about the organization and the community and and, 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 your, and your customers. But it's even bigger than all of that for us as children of God, actually, for everybody on this planet. We are here to serve God for a very specific purpose. And we need to understand what that bigger purpose is to, in order to keep ourselves connected to God. Verse number 12. I know that nothing I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God in our seasons that we have. There is no reason why we shouldn't be enjoying the things that God has given us. See, many times we want to focus on the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. I'm doing this today, but what am I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to do next week and next month and next year and the next five years? And there's nothing wrong with planning. But sometimes we look so far ahead and trying to figure out what to do next that we don't stop and think about what we have now, that we don't enjoy where we are now. We don't enjoy what we have now. We just we're just constantly looking for the for the next thing. When God blesses us with riches. There's no reason why we shouldn't be enjoying those riches that he has given us. Now, those riches don't have to have to just be um, uh, money or, or, or anything like that. But God will bless us with riches based off of our our work. So we should be able to to take those things he's blessed us with and actually enjoy them. Enjoy having a job. I don't know how many times I've heard people in the workplace complain about a Monday. Hey, good morning. How's it going? Ah, not bad for a Monday. Like Monday is somehow any different than any other day. Monday is not going to be any better or worse than Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or any other day unless you allow it to be. In other words, if Monday is going to be such a bad day for you, 
then that means Tuesday could be a bad day. Wednesday could be a bad day. Thursday could be a bad day. Friday could be. It doesn't matter what day it is. But don't complain about it being on Monday because you might not realize what God wants you to do to serve him on that particular Monday. Even if you're in the workplace. Yeah, it might be a long week. Yeah, you might have have had a great uh, 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 weekend. You may have had a lot of fun, got a lot of rest. And maybe Monday morning does have a lot of challenges that it's bringing. But remember, when you woke up on Monday morning, you woke up with a purpose or to say you woke up on purpose. God woke you up for a reason to do something. Don't complain about it on Monday. In the workplace, also remember that the job you have is a gift of God. It's a gift from God. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in a season of challenge in the workplace that we may forget that there are people that would just love to have your job. There are people out there that would just love to be where you are. Don't take it for granted. Enjoy it. Give God thanks for that. But don't ever take it for granted. Verse 14. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. That which is has already been and what is uh, and what is to be has already been. And God requires an account of what is past. So what this is saying here is that, look, God does everything. These scriptures here. God does everything so that for his glory, so that we can be in awe of him. Okay, so that we can be in awe of him. That's one of the reasons why God takes so long in these seasons to show up when we're ready for that next season. He takes a while because at the end of the day, he's going to be glorified. And he can be glorified through our actions, through our patience and perseverance during that season. We can glorify him. The same forces of darkness that made evil schemes come to pass during biblical times are still operating today, are still operating today. That's why verse 15 says that which is already that which is has already been and what is to be has already been. The same demonic forces that you read about in scripture, those same forces are around today. Okay. They're still exercising the same tactics. The, 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 the attack may not be exactly the same in terms of uh, um, every single little action that is being taken place, but you can see the same tactics. If you're using some Holy Spirit wisdom and, and, and some Holy Spirit discernment, you can see that the things that we've seen that we're seeing today, this is not the first time that they've happened. It's not the first time that they happen. The devil is still trying to deceive us. People are still worshiping false idols. People are still engaging in the same blue behaviors that were in Sodom and Gomorrah. People are still denying Jesus. This is why we need to study our Bibles. It's not just enough to read it. Okay. So in verse uh, 14 or uh, verse 15 is talking about that everything has already happened. And this is this is exactly what this is, what this is talking about. Things that are these things are nothing new. These seasons get repeated. Okay, and they sometimes can get repeated in our own lives They get repeated in the lives of others. But the seasons that we're in, these things are nothing new. The devil is still out there. There's still Sodom and Gomorrah type behaviors that are out there. There's still people denying Jesus Christ. There's people that still are denying that God even exists. There's still people that don't think that anything is going to happen after they die, that they're just going to die and go to some eternal sleep, not recognizing that they're going to spend eternity in one of two places. There's still people that think that all roads of all religions lead to God, to the same God, the father. And that as long or that as long as you do good, that you're going to end up in heaven. And that's not the case. 
You have to accept Jesus Christ in order to be able to make it into heaven. But those same lies that have been told back when Jesus walked the earth are still being told today. If we don't study the word, then we won't realize that seasons change according to God's timeline, according to God's timeline. Okay, we'll never understand why God makes the changes that he does. But by studying the word, we can understand that, hey, you know what? As as scripture says to God, one day is as a thousand years, meaning that my season for me, it might be going on longer than I than I than I I wanted it to It may be going on longer than I imagined and longer than I hoped for. But God lives in this eternal now. He's not constrained by space nor time. So for me, I might be going through this for a while. But in God's eyes, he's already taken you out of it. He's already taken you out of it. But he's going to make you wait and have you be patient here because, one, he's not going to override your free will and force you to get out of something that you're in or force you to stay in something that you're in. But we have to recognize that God's timing is always perfect. He may never show up when we think we when we when we think we need him, but he shows up when we actually need him. Okay. And our and our version of when we need him to do something versus his version oftentimes aren't the same because we want God to do it right now, today, this moment. And in God's eyes, he said, no, I've already done it, but it's not going to manifest itself for you for a while because I need to make sure that you're ready. I need to make sure that you're mature enough to be able to receive it. So how do we deal with seasons of change, especially when we don't know the change is coming? Well, first, we need to reflect on these scriptures that we just read and and uh, um, excuse me, and remember that each season has a purpose and that there's a purpose for everything, even if we don't understand it. OK, so we need to remember how do we how do how do we deal with these seasons of change? We need to remember that there's a time and a season for everything. There's an appointed time for everything to happen. And we won't understand the why all the time. Sometimes God will reveal it to you. Sometimes he won't. But we just need to recognize that everything is in God's timing. What we also can do to help deal with seasons of change is that we should also learn to enjoy the current season that we're in. Staying in Ecclesiastes, we're going to jump to chapter number five. Chapter number five, and we're going to go to verse number 18. Ecclesiastes five, verse number 18. Here is what I have seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives him for uh, for it is his heritage. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and receive and rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. For he will not dwell, uh, dwell unduly, unduly, excuse me, on the days of his life because God keeps him busy with the joys of his heart. So, again, we should be enjoying each and every single day of our lives because these are the days that God has given us. These are the days God has given us. Psalm 118.24 says in the Amplified, I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Psalm 118.24 says this day in which God has saved me is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So what we need to recognize is that God saves us in each and every single day from all sorts of forces of darkness and all sorts of evil that's around us. He saves us each and every single day. 
If we just recognize that alone, that should be enough to be able to enjoy the day that's in front of us. To know that the things that, as you're sitting here listening to this message right now, you're not under any kind of uh, uh, attack or any kind of, of threat listening to this message. We should be able to find joy in just those little things. Joy in the fact that I woke up today. I don't know how many people I've spoken to before and I say, hey, how you doing? Like, eh, yeah, well, I'm here. And I say, well, you're alive. You should be happy about that. And they're like, yeah, well, not being grateful for just having having the breath of life. OK, but there's all sorts of wit- wicked schemes that the devil is trying to execute towards us. Yet God keeps us shielded from those things that we can't handle. God keeps us shielded from those things that we can't handle. So while we are in this season, we should be able to enjoy this season knowing that God is keeping us, keeping us safe. Verse 19 again, as for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. I started talking about this a little bit earlier. God blesses us with riches and wealth, and it's not just about money or material things, Okay. You can be rich in knowledge, you can be rich in wisdom, health, patience, other things. There's all sorts of things that can make you that can make you rich. It doesn't have to be just about the material things. But when God gives us the, that wealth, we should have the ability to enjoy it. Whatever it is, okay? So many times people get wrapped up around, uh, uh, I have to save all this money and, and, and this person that wrote this book said, this is how much money I should set aside in my savings account each month. And this is how much I should have set aside for a rainy day fund. And I'm not going to get here and give you any kind of financial advice, but whatever financial decision you make, you need to make sure that you have God at the center of that decision-making because I have seen plenty of people get so wrapped up in saving money that they don't actually even want to spend it when they have to spend it, when there's a repair to the house. They complain about not being able to, 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 to hold on to the money. Well, I just saved up all this money. Now I've got to pay for this on the house, or I've got to replace this, this appliance, or I've got to uh, uh, get this, this fixed to the car. And they don't stop to think that God blessed you with that money so that you can make those payments, so that you can repair the car, so you can get a new appliance, so you can do the repairs to the house. Don't start complaining about it. Thank God that he gave you those riches to be able to do those things. Don't start cursing those riches just because you have to spend it. All right. So just be careful, whatever financial decisions that you make, that you are bringing God into the discussion. Verse number 20, for he will not dwell unduly on the days of his life because God keeps him busy with the joys of his heart. Okay. Now, the joyous things that God has given us. Okay. Our God-given talents and how we utilize them, the jobs he's blessed us with. If we can focus on the joyous things that God has given us, then there is no room to focus on anything else. The mind cannot occupy two thoughts at once. So if we put our focus on the joyous things that God has given us, it makes it very difficult to focus on the unpleasant things. We should be enjoying everything God has given us because after all, didn't we ask him for it? You asked God for that car, he gave you that car. Maybe you had to make a repair because it broke down, but shouldn't you be happy because God gave you a car? Well, it's not the actual car that I wanted. I really wanted a car that had these features, these features, these features, etc., like that. But you still bought that car. And God gave you what you needed. Because when you went to God and you pray to God and you, if you ask God, say, God, I want this car and it's got to have all these bells and whistles, et cetera, like that. God is going to look at that request and say, can you actually handle all of that? 
whether it's because you actually can uh, can 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 manipulate those bells and whistles in the car, whether or not you could afford the payments on the car, whether or not you can afford the insurance or the performance of the car. God's going to look at all of that stuff. And at the end of the day, he's going to say, I'm going to give you what you are capable of handling. Not anything more, nothing less. All of those bells and whistles that you want on there, you can't handle all of those things, so I'm not going to give you all those things. I'm not going to give you that ginormous house because the reality of it is is you can't clean the house that you have right now, okay? You can't clean the house you have right now. Why would I bless you with something bigger that you're not going to take care of when you can't take care of what you have? God always gives us what we need, so we should be enjoying everything that God has given us no matter what it is. Another way to be able to deal with changing seasons is spending time strengthening yourself and learning to be patient. Turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40. And we're going to go to uh, verse number 28. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. If you don't have that underlined where it says neither faints nor is weary, underline that, highlight it, because that's a powerful statement. The creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. It's not possible to understand the things of God using human means okay or trying to use it with human wisdom and human understanding the word of god says that god's ways and thoughts are higher than our ways and our thoughts so we don't understand why he does the things that he does sometimes he may reveal those to you but most of the time he doesn't because it's about having faith there's prayers that i have that haven't been he hasn't given me an answer on it's been probably 10 plus years okay and he just hasn't revealed it to me why he let me go through certain things, but he'll give me some glimpses uh, um, for certain situations. But for some things, he just never does. But I have to accept that. I have to accept that that, that I'm not going to understand why he does what he does and when he does it. And, and I have to accept the fact that he has reasons for it that I just may not understand and I may not be able to grasp. And the things that I have coming up in my life, the things you have coming up in your life, you may not understand why those things are happening. And that's why God hasn't shown you just yet. God has to choose to reveal to you why he does what he does. As we seek him diligently, especially in times of weakness, he will give us the strength we need to be able to keep moving forward. The more we study the word, the more we seek him, the more we show him that we need him and that without the, and that without him, he can do nothing. This allows us to renew our minds and therefore our strength gets renewed. Fatigue comes first because of a thought. Not because of how you feel. It's because of a thought. Your mind starts saying, yeah, you can't do this. Oh, you only got four hours of sleep. You should just sleep in. Don't get up. Don't go to church today. You were out all night last night. And, and, and God understands when you're tired that you can't make it. You don't have to go to church. It's all in your mind. That's why the devil attacks your mind, because your mind will give out before your body does. You look at athletes. You look at 
the military, our soldiers. There's a point in time when they're preparing that, that, that what, especially for soldiers, when, when they're in boot camp and they, and they have to go through a lot of physical uh, uh, anguish to be able to build themselves up. And those drill instructors will tell them over and over again, it's all in your mind. You have to push through the pain. You have to be mentally strong. You have to focus on something else other than the pain. It's no different for us in our spiritual lives because if we're not renewing our minds, we won't have the spiritual strength to continue on with what God wants us to do. Or even the physical strength to just get out of bed, to crack open your Bible, to get on your knees and pray, to, to do whatever it is God is calling you on that day. You can get that strength, but you have to renew your mind. That's how we can, we can strengthen ourselves to, to be prepared during these seasons of change and to be able to deal with these seasons of, of, of change. The more we try to do things on our own and absent God, the weaker we become and the more difficult things start to get. The more we try to do it ourselves, the more we take on, the more our mind will tell us, nope, you can't handle it. The more physically we won't be able to handle it because we are trying to do it of ourselves as opposed to giving it to God. Because when we give it to God, we don't have to think about it. So it never enters in our minds. We just give it to him. We say, Lord, you take it. I'm cast my cares on you because you care for me. So here, Lord, I'm casting this burden on you. If there's anything you want me to do and anything you need me to do, let me know and I will go ahead and do it. But the soon, as soon as we start trying to do it on our own, on our, on our own, we weaken ourselves. Verse 29 again, he gives power to the weak and to those that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Listen to this now. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Okay. So uh, quite a few powerful things there. Okay. Verse 30, youth, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. This is showing us here that age has nothing to do with our continued ability to serve God. Age has nothing to do with it. While physical changes happen when we get older, that doesn't has nothing to do with our ability to serve God and to do the things that he wants us to do. Because God will always give us the strength to persevere. Verse 31 talks about if we wait on the Lord, we can renew our strength. We have to renew our strength on a daily basis. One of your prayers that you can pray when you wake up in the morning is to ask God to renew your strength to do what you call what you're being called to do that day. One of the things that I always pray before I go to bed is I pray that God will give me a restful night's sleep so that I can wake up and be energized to do the things that he wants me to do the next day. I pray that every single night because I don't know sometimes what tomorrow is going to bring. Sometimes God will give me a glimpse into, hey, this is what's going to happen. You need to deal with this. And sometimes just, there's, there's nothing to prepare for the day before. But when I wake up and I start my day, then he can start revealing some things to me. And then he can renew my strength. Just like the renewing of our mind doesn't happen once. It's a continuous thing. Renewing our strength also needs to be continuous. Constant renewing of our strength shows God that we want to continue to serve him, but we can't do it without his perfect strength. His strength is the only thing that will keep us from becoming weary. Okay. His strength is the only strength that will keep us from being weary. So if we're constantly asking him to give us strength and we're admitting to him that God, I can't do this without you. Okay. I, I can't do this without you. 
What does what does scripture say there? And, and I'm paraph- and I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but, but 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 the Bible also says that in your weakness I am strong. Or and when I and therefore when I am weak, you are made strong, meaning that when we can't do it ourselves, that really allows God to come in and act. He can do some amazing things that will knock your socks off if you can just let him act. Let him do what he does. If you are in a season that is full of trials, not only will you have wings, according to verse 31, not only will you have wings like an eagle to soar, but you will have the strength to flap your wings to rise above the trials. But you have to use your wings. If you notice in verse 31, it just says that they will mount up with wings like eagles. Meaning that you will have the ability to soar above your trials. God gave you the tools to do it. In this case here, uh, uh, um, equating it to having wings like an eagle. God will give you the strength, but you have to use the strength. A lot of times we ask God to give us things and we think that he's just going to zap us and then we get it. Not realizing that when you ask God for something, he's going to give you the tool to be able to accomplish what it is you're going to, you need to accomplish. Going back to the example of praying for the car. You're praying for God. I need a, a, a reliable mode of transportation to get to work or to go grocery shopping, to do this and to do that. He's going to give you that tool, which is that car. It's up to you to actually use it. You want strength. God has given you strength. You have to use your strength to do the things that he wants you to do. There's so much going on around us. There's always these competing priorities. And the problem is, is that we often put our time and energy on the priorities that don't matter to God. Therefore, we don't have the strength to do what God wants us to do. But if we ask God to strengthen us, he's going to give us the strength to do what he wants us to do, not what we want to do. So when you're asking God to renew your strength, make sure that when he does it, that you're using it to only do the things God wants you to do, which leads us to. Another way and the last way that we're going to look at in terms of how we can deal with seasons of change, and that is to keep doing good in God's eyes. Last scriptures here. Let's turn to Galatians chapter six. Praise the living God. Galatians chapter six, and we're going to go to verse number one. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one, such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. So what this is saying here, there's a lot of things that are being talked about here. The big thing is around how we help each other bear each other's loads. Okay. We are called to correct another brother or sister in Christ if they're doing something that's sinful, anything that's unpleasing to God. We are called to do that. That's part of bearing each other, each other's loads. But when we do that, we need to make sure that we're doing that in a way that's going to build them up and not tear them down. You see, when you start walking with God for a very long time and you're obedient, so the, so it's not just the length of time you've been walking with God, but the quality of the relationship. OK, and what I mean by that the difference is, is you could have been saved for 25 years, but really have only had a um, a quality relationship with God for only five years. All right. 
if you the, the, the longer you walk with a quality relationship with God, the more he will show you things. And there's a time and place where the things that he shows you might be different than what someone else sees. So, so what I mean by that is you could have be have a quality relationship with God for, let's say, 10 years. We'll just pick a number. Say 10 years. And he could show you some things that's wrong in another person's life that's been walking with God for 20 plus years that they're not seeing because they won't open their eyes to it, even though God is trying to open their eyes to it. You've got to be very careful about how you talk to somebody and not come across as holier than thou. And the, and the, and the opposite could be true. Maybe you've been had a quality relationship with God for 20 years. And you see somebody that's been only there for 10 years or so, and you're seeing them doing something wrong. When you're correcting, when you're correcting someone, you can't do it out of a place of judgment and condemnation. Okay. Now the world would have us think that we're judgmental because we dare call out another child of God about something that is, is unpleasing to God. But if we're doing that with Holy Spirit guidance and Holy Spirit discernment, we will say it and do it in a way that's going to build that person up, not tear them down. Okay. We're not to be casting judgment on them or to provide correction with a haughty spirit. Okay. That's where a lot of times you see, you see, you see people saying, well, you, you Christians, you're so judgmental. Look, you, you just can't let that person do what they what they want to do. You always got to say something about this. And God calls us to make those corrections. All right. But we got to make sure we're using Holy Spirit discernment before we do that. Sin is such a heavy burden that sometimes people don't feel the burden in the moment and they continue to carry on in a sinful manner, not knowing that God's judgment will be poured out on them. And that's important to recognize, because if you start going talking down to somebody because they're sinning and you're not building them up and you're not doing it out of love and you're not letting Holy Spirit guide your words, that that burden of sin that's on them is going to feel even heavier because not only do they have that sin they have to carry around, but then they have your judgments that they're carrying around as well. And they've got to think they've got to listen to you beat them up and hammer them. Beat them over the head with scripture time day in and day out. And they're never going to be able to get out of all of that. Sin is not something that, that God takes lightly, lightly. That's why back in the Old Testament there in the book of Leviticus, it talks about what, what the process was to, to do the sin offering. It wasn't something that was just quick and easy. It was a grueling process because God wants us to know how seriously he takes sin. He wants us to know the burden that sin that sin carries. And every single one of us as a child of God has has slipped up and stumbled. And, you know, when Holy Spirit reveals that to you and says, eh, you shouldn't have done that. There's a way out. Come back. Ask for forgiveness. When you ask for forgiveness, it just feels like the weight of the world just gets lifted off your shoulders. OK, sin is a heavy burden to bear. So we have to be very careful about how we are correcting uh, another brother or sister, uh, brother or sister in Christ. OK, uh, where do we leave off here? Verse number verse number six. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will reap of the spirit everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Underline all of verse nine. If you don't have it underlined already and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Okay, so no matter how hard somebody tries, you can't deceive God. 
Okay. No matter how hard you try, you can't deceive God. And that means for us that we, we need to make sure that we are sowing and reaping according to God's will, not our own, so that we can give him glory. Because we can fool people, we can fool ourselves, but we can't fool God. If we're putting God first, it's going to show. The Bible says, by your fruit, you shall know them. So if we're re- re- uh, sowing according to what God wants us to sow, then the fruit that we reap will show that we are putting God first and ultimately God gets the glory. Whatever you put your time and energy into, that's where you're going to gain benefit. If you put your time and energy to the things that satisfy your flesh, then you'll only receive things that benefit your flesh and not your spirit. And in that case, it makes it very, very hard to do good in God's eyes versus man's eyes. Okay, and there's a big difference in terms of what God considers good and what man considers good. Right. That's why verse number nine, it says, let us not grow weary while doing good and due season. We will reap if we do if we do not lose heart. This is about this is talking about don't do don't get weary in doing good according to what God wants you to do. Okay, and don't lose heart because sometimes while you're doing good, it feels like there's that, that there's nothing coming out of it. There's no benefit coming out of it. But if we remember scriptures that we saw earlier, there's a time and place. There's every season happens for a reason. There's a purpose to it. If we can understand that, then we just know that I got to keep doing good. Let me continue to focus on the good things God wants me to do, because at some point I'm going to reap that reward, whatever that reward that God has, uh, that, ha- that God has for me. All right. Um, we, we must not become weary in doing good in God's eyes. If we do, we won't reap what God has in store for us. And more importantly, we won't be glorifying him. And think about this. What if God got tired of doing good for us? What if he just gave up on us? What if Jesus said, Father, these people, they're just not going to get it. They're just not going to get it. They've seen everything I've done and they're still denying me. You know what? We got to call this off. We're done. I can't go on the, on, on the cross and, and allow myself to be crucified and separated from you because of this, this, this perverse generation, because of these people that don't believe the things that I'm even showing them. I can't do it. What if Jesus said that? What kind of lives would we have? What if God grow, grew weary? How difficult would our lives be? How challenging would our lives be? The good you do for God will help others. There might be people around you that just don't have it together. Maybe they're struggling with depression or anxiety. They've got something going on. Don't push them aside because you want to focus on what you want to do. Because sometimes the reason why we're in the seasons of life that we are for that amount of time is it could be because we haven't connected to all the people that God wants us to connect to in that season to be able to minister to them. To be able to to show them what what being a Christian really is all about, to talk to them about how Jesus can help them and how there's everlasting life through Jesus. And there's a God that that loves you unconditionally. So don't get so wrapped up in the things that you want to do that you don't see the people that God is putting around you to say, I need you to minister to all of these people. I will give you the words to say. But that's sometimes the reasons why the seasons don't change. We need to connect with people the way God wants us to connect with them and with the people he wants us to connect with. Seasons in our lives, they come and go. And at times they come and go without warning. And at times later than we'd like. Sometimes we like the season to be over now. And sometimes it takes 
years or months, whatever the case may be. And it's not it, the season isn't over in the time frame that we would like. But while we wait for the season to change, just remember what we talked about today. Just remember these scriptures. Remember to enjoy the season that you're in. Remember to strengthen yourself by studying the word. Remember to be patient during your season. And remember during your season to never stop doing good in God's eyes. Well, praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And before we close, let's pray. Lord God, Jehovah, I just want to thank you for the words that came forth today, Lord God. And I want to thank you for this time that we had together to partake in your word. Lord God, I want to pray for everyone that has heard this message, Lord God, that you would give us the strength and the patience and the joy to stay within the seasons that we are in, Lord God, and to remind us and to help us recognize that everything happens in your perfect timing, Lord God, and your timing is exactly that, that it's perfect. And that we are in our seasons for your own purposes to serve you, Lord God, and to glorify you, Lord. So continue to strengthen us as we go through these, as we go through our seasons, Lord God, in preparation for the next. Lord God, I pray that anybody that you put in our path, that you would give us the words to say to them, to be able to share what we've heard today and to be able to share a word with them, Lord God, in order to bring them closer to you. I pray that you all are blessed and I pray that you all stay safe. And that God will continue to bless you and to strengthen you and to watch over you. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen and amen. Well, praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And uh, if it was, think about sharing it with others, friends, family, loved ones, and anyone that might be giving you a hard time. Uh, we can be found at Genesis1.sermon.net, Genesis, or excuse me, Genesis-1.sermon.net. And if you click on the subscribe button in the, in the upper right-hand corner there, you will receive notifications every time new content is posted. We also have a YouTube channel. You search us at Genesis One. There, Genesis is what Genesis One is two words. Genesis One Christian Ministries, and you'll be able to find the videos on there, as well as we have an app on the App Store and the Google Play Store. Just type in Genesis One, and everything is made free of charge because we just want to share God's word uh, with everyone. So praise God. I pray that you go in peace. I pray that you go in His blessings, and that you remember that you can do all things through Christ Jesus, who strengthens you. Be blessed.